Thank you and good morning to a new year. Hallelujah. And uh, we had a great night out at our place last night. There were people everywhere. I got up this morning to get ready to come early and there were people sleeping out on the tarpaulin (laughs) on the front lawn. They were everywhere. (laughs) It's always a thrill to be able to bring the first message of the year. And um, so I really have something I want to share with you. So can we just take a moment to just pray? Quiet our hearts. Father, thank you for this significant day in one sense. In another, it's just like every other day. But we just stop and pause and say thank you for last year, for your faithfulness. And Lord, as we look ahead to what this year might hold, We just um, thank you that you'll be with us. I pray you'll speak to us this morning and let us um, hear a message from you, a word from you, a promise from you that will be a guide to us through this year. In your name, amen. Well, you know, New Year's resolutions started 3,000 years ago in ancient Babylonia, apparently. I won't say Auntie Google told me that, but uh, no. Uh, and last night, people would have been making all sorts of resolutions. You know what the number one one is, don't you? Lose weight. <laughs> Get organised. Yeah, you conquered that a few years ago, Don. Um, spend less, save more. Enjoy life to the fullest. Stay fit and healthy. Learn something exciting. These are the top ten. Quit smoking. Actually, I laugh. Mark Twain said, quitting smoking is the easiest thing in the world to do. I should know I've done it 20 times. (laughs) Uh, Help others in their dreams. That was number eight. Number nine, fall in love. That was my New Year's resolution for about ten years. (laughs) It finally happened in 87. And number 10, spend more time with family. Okay, some of those are good. Yeah, they're probably all good. But uh, (laughs) as we enter the new year, I don't know if you had any time to just pause and think about this year, but I've been thinking about it for a while. And um, I think for all of us, we know that 2017 is going to hold joys for us. Lots of surprises, the good plans that God has got for us. We'll also hold challenges because that's part of us growing in our faith. And the most important thing is that we walk through into it and through it with Jesus. That's the number one. You want to know what my resolution's been? I've decided I want to be a pilgrim, (laughs) a recommitment to pilgrimage, and so that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. Jake, if you can get that up, that'd be cool. Um, We're on a journey. It's a journey of faith, and um, our life on earth is a pilgrimage. And um, for the last part of uh, last year, Jacob and I have been memorizing Psalm 84. took us about six weeks, I think. But it's a beautiful psalm, and we're going to read it this morning. Pardon? It's a great psalm. We have it from the pastor. (laughs) 
How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. Chris, he doesn't like all the sparrows around our house, making a mess everywhere. I said they're scriptural. Um, And the swallow, a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord God Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Barker, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. So verse 5 really impacted me. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. And I've been thinking about it. And every night when I go to bed, this is the psalm I've been memorizing, trying to memorize, going over and over it. When I wake up in the night, when Chris wakes me up in the night, uh, I go over it in my mind again. And I always stop at this verse about setting our hearts on pilgrimage. Do you know, when I was first born again back in the 1972, great revival through New Zealand, Top of the Pops, almost, one of the songs was, I have decided to follow Jesus. Remember it? No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Determined, setting our hearts on pilgrimage. Um, It was funny. When the the revival swept through... So many of um, my school friends got born again. It was a wonderful, exciting time. In Wangarei Girls High School, we sang hymns every morning at um, assembly. Whoa, I don't think they do that now. (laughs) But we did. And one of the hymns that we often sung was this one. And um, it was To Be a Pilgrim. And... It says, he who would valiant be against all disaster, let him in constancy follow his master. There's no discouragement shall make him once relent, change his mind. His first avowed intent to be a pilgrim. Whoso beset him round with dismal stories do but themselves confound. It's old English, I know. His strength the more is. No foes shall stay his might, though he with giants fight. He will make good his right to be a pilgrim. So what is a pilgrim? What is a pilgrimage? Uh, the dictionary says it's a ritual journey with a, um, a sacred purpose, a meaningful journey. 
every step along the way has meaning. Don preached, oh, quite a long time ago about every step that counted our life as a journey. Um, the pilgrim knows that life-giving challenges will emerge along the journey. Um, now, if you look up the word pilgrim, uh, well, you, you get all sorts of things. Um, but there's a difference between a pilgrim and a tourist. You know, if, say if you're making a pilgrimage to um, the Holy Land, say, there's a difference between a pilgrim and, and, and a tourist. And the word tourist comes from a, a um, French word, tour, which means comes from tower. And it's got that idea of a high vantage put, um, point just looking out at a safe distance almost. Do you know what I mean? Viewing things from a uh, detached, almost uninvolved thing. But pilgrim comes from the word per agri, Latin word. I used to do Latin. <coughs> and uh, it's the one subject I failed in school, see. <laughs> anyway, um, it means through the fields. And I like that. A pilgrim is through the fields. It's right where it's all happening. It's um, engagement, involvement. And this is a prerequisite of a pilgrim. So one of the companies that I stumbled on that hosts pilgrimages had written on their website this warning. Pilgrims should be alerted in advance to the possibility of being inspired disturbed, surprised. <laughs> I like that. Now, the Bible doesn't actually use the word pilgrim many times. It's there, definitely, pilgrimage, you've seen it. But it's all through the Bible. It's all through it. Abraham was on a pilgrimage. Um, the concept, the faith chapter. We had David Peters speaking here a, a few weeks ago, and he challenged us all to <clears throat> really read and get into Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. It's full of people on pilgrimage and uh, all the things they find along the way. Hebrews 11, verse 13 says, after listing Abraham, you know, Moses, um, Jephthah, all these different ones, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Don't you love that? That really resonated with me. I want to still be living by faith when I die. I hope it hasn't fizzled out. It won't have. But you know what I mean. We need to go from strength to strength all the days of our earthly pilgrimage and still be living by faith when we die. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And this is such a key to our life, folks. I really feel it as I've been thinking about it. Let me just say here, <clears throat> I've put a little note well, so I'd better obey it. Um, what did it say? Not all our prayers will be answered while we're on earth. And some are for a later time. You know, there are some things that we pray and pray and pray for and maybe don't see the fulfillment of, but it happens after we've died or we see the fulfillment in heaven. And um, this is important. 
by faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. He was looking ahead to the city with foundations. Now, all the ones listed in Hebrews 11 were looking ahead. They had a Christian worldview. Now, that might be a sort of thing. What, what does she mean by that? But to have a, a Christian worldview means we see things like God sees them. We interpret what's happening in our lives and in the world through the word of God and through the way God sees it. And we make our life, uh, we choose our life plan accordingly. Um, I looked up a few uh, things about worldview, and this is what one person said. Worldviews keep, a worldview keeps our life coherent, giving them a sense of meaning, purpose, and connection. Uh, so the most important thing is that we don't have a worldly worldview, that we don't take on the worldview of unbelievers. Because if you don't have a Christian worldview, then you think, I've got 70 years, maybe 80 years on this life. I've got to make it count for me. I've got to have fun. I've got to do the things I want to do. It becomes very egocentric. And you're not living for a higher purpose. When you have a Christian worldview, it changes everything. It gives you a sense of purpose. You know, you, you, you think of all the movies you've seen about the um, Negro slaves. They had a Christian worldview. Their top song was, this world ain't my home. You know, they had that view. They realized we're pilgrims on this earth. And none of us know how long we'll be walking our pilgrimage. None of us do. You know, we've just had our, our dear friend um, die, end his pilgrimage at 24 just a few days ago. And in a way, if you, if you look at that in an earthly, a non-biblical worldview, you'd think, what a waste, what a waste of a young life, you know. But when you see it in God, you realize he's gone to a better place. His, you know, I mean, our time on earth is so short. We've got to see it like that. So Hebrews 13. Oh, no, I'd better do this one because Jake might have it up. I can't see because I haven't got my glasses on. Anyway, 1 Peter 2.11. Dear friends, I urge you. As aliens, okay, this is not E.T. <laughs> this is pilgrims and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Um, Hebrews 13 verse 14. Here... We do not have an enduring city. This is not what it's all about, our life here. We are pilgrims. We're looking for the city that's to come. With this worldview, we won't build bigger and better barns. Now, that doesn't mean we don't build houses, <laughs> but it's a, a belief system. It's, it's what is most important. We don't store up treasures on earth. We lay them up in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. So one of the people that best described this spiritual journey, this pilgrimage was 
John Bunyan, you saw my notes, so I'm not taking your answer. <laughs> John Bunyan. Oh, now, I'm going to challenge each of you. Get a book, a copy of John Bunyan. I was going to bring some of them here today. But you can get little comic strips if you want to, or you can get the full, complete works. But read it. Actually, I think Charles Spurgeon, who they called the Prince of Preachers, his resolution was he would read Pilgrim's Progress every year of his life. That's how important it was. And it's an allegory. It's a, um, a story. It was a dream that God gave him while he was in prison. Um, but it's, it, it unwraps and un shows the spiritual journey. So Bunyan was in prison. He was a tinker. He was just a poor, uneducated man. He was uncouth. He, he had the worst mouth on him that you ever did hear, apparently. One unbelieving woman told him off and said, you've got the worst mouth on you than anyone I've heard, and any person that comes in contact with you is going to be corrupted. But God had his hand on John Bunyan and brought him to faith, hallelujah, and then put him in prison for 12 years. But those 12 years gave us Pilgrim's Progress and many other things, and he wrote and someone said, I can't remember one, George Whitfield, I think, said, the smell of the prison was on his books, meaning something powerful and wonderful. Um, okay, so actually, I'll just add here. Do you know, he, he cherished the prison. I think I've got it here. He said, he was told, if you ever get out of prison and preach again, you'll hang for it. Bunyan said, if I were out of prison today, I'd preach the gospel again tomorrow. And he said it was in prison that God opened the word to him in ways that he never experienced elsewhere. Remember this when you were in a hard time, you know. He said he can make a jail more beautiful than a palace. Restraint, being in prison, more sweet by far than liberty. And he said the prison was very sweet to me. Isn't that wonderful? It's amazing. So even in the hard times, God does things in our hearts. Um, he led a disciplined life while he was in prison. He didn't know when he'd get out, but he studied the word of God for hour after hour. While he was in prison, he wrote, he wrote, he prayed, he prayed, and then God released him again. I was just going to say here that um, you can think, oh, the prison was easy peasy for him, you know, no worries. Well, yes, it was sweet for him, but it had its personal pain. And his was um, his blind daughter, Mary. He, he was anguished that he wasn't there to care for her. In fact, he made thousands of shoelaces while he was in prison to provide for his children. Trials will always have their personal, mm, you know what I mean? There'll always be um, something in them that makes it really, gets you on your knees. And, um, but it can be sweet for you. So, he gave us Pilgrim's Progress, and we're just going to flick through a few things. Three examples, just to whet your appetite for Pilgrim's Progress. Um, it starts with the Pilgrim, a man who's sort of had his eyes open, and he realises he's living in the city of destruction. 
He's doomed. There's, there's judgment coming and he's aware he's carrying this huge um, burden on his back. And he begins, he leaves, he flees the city of destruction and he's going he doesn't know where until he meets an evangelist who says you need to go through here, down here, to the cross. <laughs> and so he finds his way through all sorts of things and he finally comes, there he is, he finally comes to the cross and it's there that as he kneels at the cross, this burden just rolls off his back. Wonderful. And he begins his life as Christian. And uh, the rest of the book is about his pilgrimage. So this is where we start our pilgrimage. Well, we start it even before. There'll be people here in this room that God is drawing you. You don't know him yet, but you're feeling something. You're feeling a deep emptiness or whatever it is, or like Pilgrim, a feeling of doom or aware of your sin. Hallelujah. This is God drawing you, and he'll bring you to the cross. And when you kneel there, this burden rolls off your back, and I have had that happen to me. I knelt at the Central Baptist in the hall, and I knelt um, at the front, and this burden rolled off my back, and I got up like pilgrim on a pilgrimage. I felt such a calling on me, and the old man that discipled me took me away and prayed for me. He said, Rose, this is just the beginning. The rest of your life is a journey and an adventure with God. How right he was. Cool. So, number two. Uh, so, he started off. He goes to um, a place, go, um, it goes to the house of the interpreter, and he's, learnt, he, he's taught a few things there. I'm thinking this is the next one. Show me it, Jake. I'm just make sure I'm on track. Yes. Just study that picture for a minute. I was going to flip it, because when the interpreter takes Christian into a room, all he sees is the, um, that side, the left-hand side. He sees Satan pouring water on a fire, but the fire's not going out. And he turns and he says to the interpreter, this is a strange thing. Why does the fire not go out? And the interpreter says, come with me. And he takes him round the back of the wall and there's Christ pouring on the oil of grace. And this is such a good picture to keep in your mind that all your life you have an adversary and you have an advocate. Someone fighting against you and someone fighting for you. And our fire should be burning hot all the days of our pilgrimage. Hallelujah. Now, um, the next thing I want to take, I'm, I'm flipping you through, there's so many things that he goes through, and the whole story is full of um, people with names that um, illustrate something. But Pilgrim, uh, sorry, Christian, f meets up with a, a man called Faithful, and they just hit it off. They're two souls that are just on fire, they're heading towards. Um, the celestial city, heaven, and it gets the, t the going gets a bit tough. And at one point, Christian, 
who's the older one in the faith, sees a little stile over a wall and then a very nice-looking path leading off through some meadows. The other path looks hard. And he says, I think this is a shortcut. And um, faithful doesn't say anything. And they go off on the shortcut and suddenly they're in trouble after a while. They fall asleep. There's a big storm. And when they wake up, they're woken up with a kick in their sides. And it's a giant. And they're taken captive by the giant and they're thrown into a dungeon, the dungeon of despair. Now, this happens to us in our lives, on our pilgrimage, especially when we go on shortcuts. (laughs) And they languish there for days. Every day, the giant taunts them and um, beats them. And it's a real dark time. In fact, I tell you what, I didn't read it properly the first time. One of my readings, the giant actually provides, taunts them, and he says, death is better than this. Kill yourself. He taunts them to um, kill themselves. And he provides a knife, poison, and a noose. So they've got a choice. (laughs) That's interesting. And pilgrim, a Christian, gets so low, he finally says, maybe death would be better than this miserable life. And faithful, hallelujah, speaks and says, no, whatever we do, let us not become our own murderers. And then he says, perhaps um, the giant will have a fit and we'll be able to escape. And then he says this, not everything is in the hands of giant despair. And that's a good word to remember. Not everything is in the hands of giant despair. Whose hands are we in? God, yeah, Jesus. He is, he is stronger than our enemy. And at that point, Christian remembers, oh, oh, hang on a minute. I've got something hanging around my neck. And it's a key. Perhaps it'll fit the lock. And I love the line that Pilgrim um, Bunyan writes. He says, try it, said hopeful, hopefully. <laughs> So Pilgrim takes off his key and puts it in the lock and it opens and they take off. And I think there's a picture of that, Jake. And Giant Despair tries to catch them, but they can't. They run back, they find their way. And do you know what they do? They make a sign. They make a sign and they nail it in and they say, don't go this way. This is the way to Giant Despair's castle. Follow the proper way. And beautiful... um, allegories of of what our life, our pilgrimage may hold. Now, yes, we will encounter lions along the way. Hands up those that have encountered lions. I don't mean the, you know, sort of type, but, you know, gosh, not many, eh? The rest of you have still got to meet them. Well, (laughs) I bet a lot of us have languished for a while in Giant Despair's Castle. I know I did, forgetting that I had the key of promise. What's the key of promise? It's the word of God. You know, yes, Don, I felt like cheering you. I should have when you said that. Young people, get into the word of God. Study it every day. Ask God to give you a hunger for it. It's not enough to just be fed here on a Sunday morning. 
it won't, that won't take you through your pilgrimage. Unless you can get Don to come along with you, you know. He's on his own pilgrimage. No, you need to pack your Bible in your pack. You need to put it in. You need to put it in your hearts. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Pilgrimage 101. Let's do it quickly. Da, 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 da. Goes too fast. Okay, quickly. We've got to set our hearts on pilgrimage. Young people especially, I'm talking to you. Set your heart on pilgrimage. Don't get caught up in other things. Decide to follow Jesus. And I'm not meaning you older people, all of us. Why am I looking over there? <laughs> no, all of us. We all need to set our hearts on pilgrimage. Um, my grandpa, oh, have I put Philippians 3? You better quick flick through this, Jake. Is that Philippians 3? I can turn around. Okay, you can read that. Our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. My grandpa had a quote written in the back of his Bible, and I've actually got it in the back of mine. And it, see, he wrote, There is no better use for the word of God than to turn its promises into prayers. I will give you an example. I do this all the time. Ezekiel 36. It's not up there, Jake. I'm going to read you a verse, but I'm changing it into a prayer, all right? So it starts with, I, God, will give you a new heart. And I'm saying, Father, give me a new heart. Put your, a new spirit in me. Take away my heart of stone, my hard heart. Give me a soft heart, a heart of flesh. Put your spirit in me, Lord. Move me. Move me to follow your decrees and help me to be careful to follow your word. You know what I mean? Pray your way through the Bible. Pray it. Don't just read it. Pray it. Make it yours. Because our pilgrimage, we need him. Okay, number two. Remember, you're a pilgrim. Remember it. When I traveled through Asia, I traveled with a 20-kilogram pack, and everywhere I went, I wanted to buy things. <laughs> but you soon realize you can't fit everything into your pack, not all those things that you get in Kathmandu and all the things. And we're the same. Don't get entangled with all the things that will weigh your pack down and make you throw out the really important things. <laughs> So don't just take what you need. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Um, don't be weighed down. There's a quote that says, even a straw weighs on a journey of a thousand miles. Even the little things that you think, ah, oh, it's not really that important. It is. Those little sins, get rid of them. Ditch them out. Um, Timothy says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Yeah, he's focused. He's on other things. All right, be a prepared pilgrim. Take what you need for the journey. Number one, the word of God. Your map. This is your map. Read it. Study it. Pour over it. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You need a light. You'll go through some dark places. You need the lamp. Watch out for the beguiling shortcuts, yes. Psalm 118, listen to this verse. Did I put that one up? Yeah. Thy statutes, the, your word, 
have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Sing as you walk. Or whistle. (laughs) Sing. Sing as you walk. It gives strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Wear your armor. Carry your sword. Pilgrim is dressed like that. He's given his outfit. Okay, quickly, be alert. There are enemies along the road. Much of Pilgrim's progress deals with the enemies he meets. Be a sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith. Your adversary, my adversary, he is. And we've got to remember that. doesn't matter how mature you are or how new in the faith. He's against you. He's, we need to know our enemy. He's hungry. He prowls. He's looking for someone. He's um, a liar. Watch out for his promises. That's like, come over this way. This is a quicker way. Watch out for it. You weigh everything up with the word. Um, oh, I'm skipping all that. He's a thief. He wants to rob you. Only. The thief only comes to steal and destroy. Only. That's all he wants. He doesn't want to bless you. He wants to steal from you. Everything. You've got to guard what you have. He will steal his word, the the word of God from your hearts. He will try to. Guard it. He's a murderer. He's an accuser. He never gives up. There's all sorts of things. Let me just say, how many of you have been on a tramp where someone in the party has tampered with a pack? You'll know, yeah. We've all had fun doing it. Unsuspecting when they're asleep, take out everything from their pack and put something really heavy in the bottom of it. (laughs) Then put all their clothes back on and they're struggling through the next day. It's a cool trick. (laughs) But I tell you what, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to slip things into our pack and burden us down. Now, check your pack constantly. Pull everything out. Check that Satan hasn't loaded you with guilt or whatever. You you fill out. You make the rock, whatever. But he will try and load it down secretly. So watch out for that. Um, Okay, quickly. Help your fellow pilgrims. This is a beautiful song. Brother, let me be your servant. Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I might have the grace to let you be my servant too. Love this. We are pilgrims on a journey. We are brothers on the road. We are here to help each other. Walk the mile and share the load. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joys and sorrows till we see this journey through. I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you. Speak the peace you long to hear. We need each other. Galatians 6 says, carry each other's burdens. In this way, you'll fulfill the love of Christ, the law of Christ. Why don't we determine in 2017 that we'll help our fellow pilgrims? Hospitality encouragement, praying for one another, practical help, whatever. Let's do it. I love Ananias. Brother Saul. Oh, and he, when God gave him the thing, he said, but Lord, I've heard that he's, you know, breathing threats and everything. And God says, go. 
and he goes and he sorts it out on the way and he goes and brother Saul. Oh, I love that. Oh, yes. All right, now quickly, um, one more thing. I'm saying that all the time. Transform your valleys as you walk through them. Pilgrims go through valleys, and you mentioned that even this morning. You said something. Through. We pass through the valley of Barca, which is the valley of weeping. And every pilgrim will walk through the valley of Barca at some point. But we pass through it. Yes, it might seem a long time sometimes, but we will pass through it. And then we, we make it a place of springs. Flick up the verse if you like, Jacob, I haven't got time. But Psalm 126, you can look at it. They sow in tears, you reap in joy. You, they go from strength to strength. Byron said, sorrows are our best educators. One can see further through a tear than through a telescope. So true. I'm going to skip the next verse too, but you can put it up, Jake, and they can read it because I'm going to finish. Okay. (laughs) Covered a bit of ground, but I want you, as many as are willing, to go and find some copy of Pilgrim's Progress and read it prayerfully. I'm going to do that again this year. Um, But are you carrying a burden like Christian, a pilgrim, when he started? If you are this morning, today's your lucky day. (laughs) You can come to Christ. You can come to the cross and let him take that burden off your back and start you on a pilgrimage that will be the rest of your life. And it's a wonderful life to live. Those of us that have been on the pilgrimage for a while, maybe it would be a good chance to look through our pack and make sure we're carrying the right things. Make sure. Am I, have I got the word there mostly? But has the devil slipped some other things in? What do I need to get rid of? How can I lighten my load a bit? And um, if possibly... You're struggling with um, understanding why some things are happening in your life. Maybe you need to just come back and quietly just read the word and ask God to give you a Christian worldview, a pilgrim's worldview, that will make sense of some of the things that otherwise don't make sense. Do you know what I mean? Get that worldview again. Um, and some of you, I'm just telling you a few things, if you've wandered from the path like Faithful and Pilg- um, Christian did, get back on. Just turn around, ask God for the way to get back, and get back on the path. And um, speak to each other. Faithful actually said, I didn't want to go on this shortcut. I nearly said something, but because you're older than me, I decided not to. (laughs) Talk to each other. Encourage, counsel each other. Godly counsel. All right. And help each other. Put the last one up, Jake, and then we can, we're going to just, you can just read that to yourselves. That's the picture of them crossing the river into the celestial city. They've made it. Hallelujah. They were still, when they died, they were still living by faith. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand to your feet? And what I want us to do is just take a moment. 
just have a moment of quiet. Quiet's good. New Year can get very noisy. But we need to be quiet sometimes and let God just speak to us. He doesn't always shout, you know. He whispers quite often. <laughs> so we need to just be quiet and just, I just, I'm going to be quiet too, but I just want you to examine your own heart and just see where you are on your pilgrimage. And take this moment, and I'll pray a prayer in a minute, but take this moment to re-set your heart on pilgrimage, to dedicate yourself. <laughs> 